0: On contradiction written in August 1937 by Mao Zedong. This essay on philosophy was written by comrade Mao Zedong after his essay on practice, and with the same object of overcoming the serious error of dogmatist thinking to be found in the party at the time. Originally delivered as lectures at the anti-Japanese military and political college in Yenan, it was revised by the author on its inclusion in his selected works. The law of contradiction in things, that is, the law of the unity of opposites, is the basic law of materialist dialectics. Lenin said, Dialectics in the proper sense is the study of contradiction in the very essence of objects. Lenin often called this law the essence of dialectics. He called it the kernel of dialectics. In studying this law, therefore, we cannot but touch upon a variety of questions, upon a number of philosophical problems. If we can become clear on all these problems, we shall arrive at a fundamental understanding of materialist dialectics. The problems are the two world outlooks, the universality of contradiction, the particularity of contradiction, the principal contradiction, and the principal aspect of a contradiction, the identity and struggle of the aspects of a contradiction, and the place of antagonism in contradiction. The criticism to which the idealism of the Deborin School has been subjected in Soviet philosophical circles in recent years has aroused great interest among us. DeBoren's idealism has exerted a very bad influence in the Chinese Communist Party, and it cannot be said that the dogmatist thinking in our party is unrelated to the approach of that school. Our present study of philosophy should, therefore, have the eradication of dogmatist thinking as its main objective. 1. The Two World Outlooks Throughout the history of human knowledge, there have been two conceptions concerning the law of development of the universe, the metaphysical conception and the dialectical conception, which form two opposing world outlooks. Lenin said, quote, "...the two basic, or too possible, or too historically observable, conceptions of development, evolution, are development as decrease and increase, as repetition, and development as a unity of opposites, the division of a unity into mutually exclusive opposites and their reciprocal relation. Quote, here, Lenin was referring to these two different world outlooks. In China, another name for metaphysics is Suan Sui, for a long period in history, whether in China or in Europe, this way of thinking, which is part and parcel of the idealist world outlook, occupied a dominant position in human thought. In Europe, the materialism of the bourgeoisie in its early days was also metaphysical. As the social economy of many European countries advanced to the stage of highly developed capitalism as the forces of production, the class struggle and the sciences developed to a level unprecedented in history and And as the industrial proletariat became the greatest motive force in historical development, There arose the Marxist world outlook of materialist dialectics. Then, in addition to open and barefaced reactionary idealism, vulgar evolutionism emerged among the bourgeoisie to oppose materialist dialectics. The metaphysical, or vulgar evolutionist world, outlook sees things as isolated, static, and one-sided. It regards all things in the universe, their forms and their species, as eternally isolated from one another and immutable. Such change as there is... Can only be an increase or decrease in quantity or a change of place. Moreover, the cause of such an increase or decrease or change of place is not inside things but outside them, that is, the motive force is external. Metaphysicians hold that all the different kinds of things in the universe and all their characteristics have been the same ever since they first came into being. All subsequent changes have simply been increases or decreases in quantity. They contend that a thing can only keep on repeating itself as the same kind of thing and cannot change in anything different. In their opinion, capitalist exploitation, capitalist competition, the individualist ideology of capitalist society, and so on can all be found in ancient slave society or even in primitive society, and will exist forever unchanged. They ascribe the causes of social development to factors external to society, such as geography and climate. They search in an oversimplified way outside a thing for the causes of its development, and they deny the theory of materialist dialectics, which holds that development arises from the contradictions inside a thing. Consequently, they can explain neither the qualitative diversity of things nor the phenomenon of one quality changing into another. In Europe, this mode of thinking existed as mechanical materialism in the 17th and 18th centuries, and as vulgar evolutionism at the end of the 19th and beginning of the 20th centuries. In China, there was the metaphysical thinking exemplified in the saying, Heaven changeth not, likewise the Tao changeth not, and it was supported by the decadent feudal ruling classes for a long time. Mechanical materialism and vulgar evolutionism, which were imported from Europe in the last hundred years, are supported by the bourgeoisie. As opposed to the metaphysical world outlook, the world outlook of materialist dialectics holds that in order to understand the development of a thing, we should study it internally and in its relations with other things. In other words, the development of things should be seen as their internal and necessary self-movement, while each thing in its movement is interrelated with and interacts on the things around it. The fundamental cause of the development of a thing is not external, but internal. It lies in the contradictoriness within that thing. There is internal contradiction in every single thing, hence its motion and development. Contradictoriness within a thing is the fundamental cause of its development, while its interrelations and interactions with other things are secondary causes. Thus, materialist dialectics effectively combats the theory of external causes, or of an external mode of force, advanced by metaphysical, mechanical materialism, and vulgar evolutionism. It is evident that purely external causes can only give rise to mechanical motion, that is, to changes in scale or quantity, but cannot explain why things differ qualitatively in thousands of ways, and why one thing changes into another. As a matter of fact... Even mechanical motion, under external force, occurs through the internal contradictoriness of things. Simple growth in plants and animals, their quantitative development, is likewise chiefly the result of their internal contradictions. Similarly, social development is due chiefly not to external, but to internal causes. Countries with almost the same geographical and climatic conditions display great diversity and unevenness in their development. Moreover, great social changes may take place in one and the same country although its geography and climate remain unchanged. Imperialist Russia changed into the Socialist Soviet Union, and feudal Japan, which had locked its doors against the world, changed into imperialist Japan, although no change occurred in the geography and climate of either country. Long dominated by feudalism, China has undergone great changes in the last hundred years, and is now changing in the direction of a new China, liberated and free, and yet no change has occurred in her geography and climate. Changes do take place in the geography and climate of the Earth as a whole, and in every part of it, but they are insignificant when compared with changes in society. Geographical and climatic changes manifest themselves in terms of tens of thousands of years, while social changes manifest themselves in thousands, hundreds, or tens of years, and even in a few years or months in times of revolution. According to materialist dialectics, changes in nature are due chiefly to the development of the internal contradictions in nature. Changes in society are due chiefly to the development of the internal contradictions in society, that is, the contradictions between the productive forces and the relations of production, the contradiction between classes and the contradiction between the old and the new. It is the development of these contradictions that pushes society forward and gives the impetus for the supersession of the old society by the new. Does materialist dialectics exclude external causes? Not at all. It holds that external causes are the condition of change, and internal causes are the basis of change, and that external causes become operative through internal causes. In a suitable temperature, an egg changes into a chicken, but no temperature can change a stone into a chicken, because each has a different basis. There is constant interaction between the peoples of different countries. In the era of capitalism, and especially in the era of imperialism and proletarian revolution, the interaction and mutual impact of different countries in the political, economic, and cultural spheres are extremely great. The October Socialist Revolution ushered in a new epoch in world history, as well as in Russian history. It exerted influence on internal changes in the other countries in the world. And similarly, and in a particularly profound way, on internal changes in China. These changes, however, were affected through the inner laws of development of these countries, China included. In battle, one army is victorious and the other is defeated. Both the victory and the defeat are determined by internal causes. The one is victorious either because it is strong or because of its competent generalship. The other is vanquished either because it is weak or because of its incompetent generalship. It is through internal causes that external causes become operative. In China in 1927, the defeat of the proletariat by the big bourgeoisie came about through the opportunism then to be found within the Chinese proletariat itself, inside the Chinese Communist Party. When we liquidated this opportunism, the Chinese revolution resumed its advance. Later, the Chinese revolution again suffered severe setbacks at the hands of the enemy because adventurism had risen within our party. When we liquidated this adventurism, our cause advanced once again. Thus it can be seen that, to lead the revolution to victory, a political party must depend on the correctness of its own political line and the solidity of its own organization. The dialectical world outlook emerged in ancient times, both in China and in Europe. Ancient dialectics, however, had a somewhat spontaneous and naive character. In the social and historical conditions then prevailing, it was not yet able to form a theoretical system. Hence, it could not fully explain the world and was supplanted by metaphysics. The famous German philosopher Hegel, who lived in the late 18th and early 19th centuries, made most important contributions to dialectics. But his dialectics was idealist. It was not until Marx and Engels, the great protagonists of the proletarian movement, had synthesized the positive achievements in the history of human knowledge and, in particular, critically absorbed the rational elements of Hegelian dialectics, and created the great theory of dialectical and historical materialism that an unprecedented revolution occurred in the history of human knowledge. This theory was further developed by Lenin and Stalin. As soon as it spread to China, it brought tremendous changes in the world of Chinese thought. This dialectical world outlook teaches us primarily how to observe and analyze the movement of opposites in different things, and, on the basis of such analysis, to indicate the methods for resolving contradictions. It is therefore most important for us to understand the law of contradiction in things in a concrete way. Stay tuned for sections two through seven.